0: HOW THE BARD DISCOVERED THE TRUE COST OF BEING IMMORTALIZED IN SONG This is a post to share and celebrate a fallen PC who suffered the worst of fates and was an absolute beacon of courage. We lost her in our last session yesterday, and it was so brutally sad that one player left the table crying. I had to force myself not to do so, and the rest were shocked beyond words at the end of the session. We are playing Curse of Strahd with a party of seven. We've been playing every two weeks at home since February, with my family and a bunch of family friends. It is a fun, relaxed game because most of the group is new to D&D. Our sessions last the whole Sunday, and yesterday we went on until almost midnight because of the events being comprehensively narrated. The party is well advanced into the campaign and comprises of Yerbil, CN Tiefling Bard, Pacaron, me, LG Druid slash Cleric of Ilmater Dragonborn, Thorodden, L.E. Oathbreaker Dwarf, former Devotion Oath Paladin, became corrupted by accepting gifts from evil gods in the Amber Temple. Yug, CN Stone Sorcerer Tiefling. Elisa Veda, in Gloomstalker Were Raven. Rowena, CN Warlock Half Elf Ghost. Drusilla, CG Sorcerer Elf. Yerbal was not your stereotypical horny bard. Apart from her amoral self and a passion for wine, she was kept in a cage as a guinea pig by cultists her whole childhood. She was addressed only in whispers with an imaginary friend who taught her songs of bloodlust and courage. This imaginary friend was an Erinny who filled Yerbil with a passion for battle and acts of fury and bravery. She eventually killed the cultists and became a bard with a penchant for instilling courage in others and taking pleasure in the violence that followed. Think of a Klingon lore singer for an analogy. You get her personality. The last few sessions saw us stuck in the Amber Temple. It is a place full of dark knowledge and tombs of old evil gods, who offered gifts for a price. Thoradin and Yug took a bunch of gifts, the first becoming evil and changing to an oathbreaker Paladin. We were invited by the Lich presiding over the temple to take a look into the library, which we accepted, hoping for some secret arcane knowledge to defeat Strahd. Inside the library, someone read a book out loud, and a horde of vampires spawned came, attracted by the noise. Now, those are nasty things whose attack reduced our total HP each time they hit. We spent a lot of resources and won the battle, with really low total HP and no spell slots remaining. We left the library, and Tharadan forgot he put a book in his bag at the beginning of the battle against the spawns. The book became ashes as soon as he stepped out of the room. Some alarm triggered, we all panicked. We had almost reached the exit when the Arcanaloth who was overseeing the temple stopped us. He brought three flaming skulls and we were no match for all of them. The possibility of total party kill was high, with three fireballs at our faces at the same time if the flaming skulls attacked. Already half the party were below 20 total HP because of the spawns. We were screwed and could not run. The druid told him the truth. We were unfairly attacked and a book got damaged in the process. How could you invite us and have us attacked for accepting the invitation? We just wanted to leave this forsaken place and be gone. But obviously this was a rare, rare book, signed by Mordenkainen and all, and we would have to pay a price. The price was one of us. The Arcanaloth was very specific that he wanted the bard. If we didn't want to die, she would have to stay at the temple. A long, bitter discussion ensued, and the players spent some hours debating this. Yerbil volunteered to stay, but we would not accept it. Still, we were too overpowered to react or even run. She then made a speech about our duty to keep on fighting, that defeating Strahd was above ourselves and that this sacrifice was her chance to finally be heroic. She could not live with herself if she acted cowardly to save her own hide. We were all appalled, but nothing could be done. Yerbil disappeared in a flash of light, and we, well, we exited the temple. Defeated, grieving, we set up camp nearby. At some point, we drifted off to sleep, when we suddenly awoke in a different place. It was a seemingly infinite sea of dunes made of ash, with cubic planets above us in the sky. The druid recognized this place as Asheron, an outer plane of infinite battle and strife. But the place was empty and ashen, except for Yerbil, who appeared next to us. She was almost translucent, just like Rowena, who is already a ghost. Her player made a ghost so she can appear and disappear because she cannot come to all sessions. Yerbil told us that she walked this dune ceaselessly for what seemed to be a whole year, blind and covered in ashes. She just knew her true self was suffering pain somewhere else, yet she felt nothing. We immediately stood up to help our friend, and Drusilla and Yugg had the brilliant idea of following her silver cord to her true self. In order to set her free. We followed the silver cord across Asheron and eventually fought our way through an iron tower guided by drakeloths and other bizarre yugoloths until we finally found the bard's true body. The scene was, in Shakespeare's words, unfit to any place but hell. It was shocking. Yerbil hung stretched in the ceiling, semi-unconscious, held by a whole lot of hooks that ripped through flesh and bone. She had her whole body full of open wounds and an iron forceps keeping her abdomen open. She had been like that for a year in local time, Some three hours in Barovia time. Alas, her consciousness went adrift because of the pain, and that was how our ashen ghost found us. We were enraged, more than that, choleric. The lab-slash-torture chamber was run by a Yagnoloth who attacked us on sight, along with his pet Kanaloth. It was a long, hard battle. The tower had already drained us of our resources, but our rage and the will to save our friend was stronger, and we were about to finish off the Yagnoloth when he offered a deal to save his own skin. Okay, sure, pal. We get our friend, you keep on living, and we are all good." Yay! Victory! Tharadan went forward and pulled out one of the hooks keeping Yrubil stretched and hanging. Immediately a symphony of wails and screams echoed through opened abdomen. He took out a second hook to the same effect. Pakaron recognized these laments as being souls crushed into oblivion and demanded an explanation from the Yagnoloth. He then went to explain the situation and the options we had in front of us. When Yrubil accepted his stay in the Amber Temple. The Arcanoloth used the words, she will work inside the temple, so we all assumed some kind of serfdom, Yerbal included, but the reality was far, far worse. He used the Bard's body, through these horrible procedures, to be a receptacle of captured souls. The fiends were capturing innocent souls who were going to the Upper Plains, en route to their respective paradises, and trapping them into these pain-driven mindless receptacles, all in order to fuel magic artifacts. We doubled our intimidation and demanded her to be set free. The fiend kept on explaining that he could free Yerbal, but all the 1000 souls inside her would cease to exist. Each hook we took from her destroyed 100 of those innocent souls, so Thorodden already destroyed 200. The other alternative was to free the souls to their original destinations, but this would consume Yerbal's soul and she would cease to exist. The table was dead silent for minutes. The paladin was having none of it and took out two more hooks. Horrible sounds of souls getting crushed ensued. Yug held his hand and the two almost started a PvP. The tension, the exhaustion, and the sheer horror of the situation was too much. We were all discussing wildly at the table, when Yerbil's player punched the table. Everyone stop, she said in character. She wanted to be sacrificed, partly because of the 600 remaining innocents, but more than that, because she would live in eternal disgust with herself if she acted like a coward just to survive. After all, she knew since childhood what it was like to be a guinea pig in a lab, what torture was like, how imprisonment felt. She would not let that happen to innocent people just to save herself. The Irene who taught her bravery and glory was her role model, and if she succumbed to cowardice, well, better not to have lived at all than becoming a disappointment to her idol and to herself. More cold, dead silence at our table. More discussion then, as we could not accept this outcome. To hell with these souls, it is our friend there, facing not only death, but the end of her existence. Then the druid understood. This was her shot at glory and honor, to be in a bard's song as a hero instead of herself singing about others' feats. She would not have it any other way, and if we saved her because of our attachment, our love to her, then her life, her principles would be ruined. I soberly explained this to the group. We would respect her wish. One of the players started to cry when Thorodden and Yug proposed a last cup of wine with our friend, which was one of her greatest passions. We all drank and said our goodbyes. She demanded us to be fierce and never give in to fear. The Yagnaloth started the proceedings, which would free the captive souls and consume yerbils in the process. He explained that she would not feel pain, and in fact, it would soon be as if she never existed at all. Our memories of her would fade in about a year. Paka promised that he would write about her sacrifice, that she would be remembered and honored in song. Her ghost disappeared, and her soul went into a small pearl. Yug took it and knew the pearl had to be crushed, so that the deed would be done and the innocent souls free. We all joined our hands and with a painful goodbye in our throats crushed the pearl, which vanished in fine dust. The souls went into an orb, which we still have to break in a place of great elemental energy to set them free. As the fine dust vanished into the air, we heard her voice for a last time. Thank you. We lost a friend, a character, to the worst of fates, which is non-existence. One player cried, I forced myself not to shed tears, but most of us are in grief still. Yerbal was silent, never roleplayed much, but when she decided to go, we all realized how much we would miss this friend we had, and this feeling of grief was to last for this whole year. It hurt a lot, in and out of character. This is something you would never assume you could feel until the moment it happened. In character, I vow to keep the promise and wrote her ballad. We will honor her memory, and to keep ourselves from forgetting Yerbal, I will carve a medallion to each member of the party, with the drum she played and her name. On the back side, just the words. There are sacrifices deeper than death. Persevere in courage, ye who must embody hope." Following our return, we decided to seek help from the abbot in Kresk. For those not familiar with Curse of Strahd, there is an abbey run by this cleric of Lethander, who happens to be a disguised Deva with lots of powers but more than a bit mad. He helped us a lot in the past, aside from some alarming signs of impending lunacy, but even so, we counted him as an ally. Relevant to this story is how my dragonborn druid became a level 1 cleric of Ilmater shortly before we got into the Amber Temple. Fed up with all the suffering in Barovia and in true dragonborn style, ever distrustful and disdainful of the gods, he went on a rant and pretty much cursed all the gods as the egotistical bastards they are and challenged any of them to show their faces if they cared about the lives of the doomed mortals in Barovia. He did this shouting above a precipice in the mountain range before the Amber Temple not really expecting an answer. But then, a single luminous golden thread popped out of thin air in front of his face, and he took it for an answer. Someone or something was watching out for them. From this point on, he became a cleric of this unknown god who answered his outcry, clinging to the renewed sense of hope he felt at that moment, even if he did not know who this god was. Back to the story. Exiting the temple, we met the new character from Yerbil's player, Sashesha, a Yuan-Ti arcane archer. And helped her on a side quest that was short but intense. After this, the druid used his powers to build a memorial to our fallen companion. With stone shape, he carved a mausoleum with a poem that I wrote and read out to the group. Carved on it, two Greek-styled columns covered in moss, a lot of high mountain flowers, and with permission from our DM, I spent a use of channel divinity to create an eternal flame to light the mausoleum. The poem was meant not only to remember her, but to encourage all travelers on the road and strengthen their hearts, so they would not despair so easily when they arrived to the Amber Temple. It was a nice scene. After that, we decided to talk to the abbot, and our grievance list was long. We wanted to know if Yrbal could be brought back, what to do with 600 souls trapped in a crystal, how we could help Yug and Therodin with the counter-effects of their packs. Well, almost everyone in the group was permanently scarred, cursed, or screwed in some way. So this seemed a logical move. The abbot was greatly worried about our situation, but said his powers did not size up to the seriousness of our problems. He could however petition Lathander in person and bring his answer to us. The problem was, every prayer sent from Barovia was also listened to by its dark powers, even by Strahd himself possibly. Okay, we will risk it. The whole group assembled in prayer and was taken away to what seemed to be another place. A place of simple beauty, serenity, and a bright light that became ever brighter until the visage was almost all white. The abbot revealed his true form as a Deva, a glorious angel of light, and called out to Lathander, who came to us in person. The scene was touching. Yug and Pacaron petitioned for Yerbal and the Lost Souls. Lithander smiled and answered us, Did you enjoy our little show? What? The sun began to rot away, the field became pitch black and Lithander revealed himself to be Strahd in disguise, messing with our grief and our faith for fun. He ordered the abbot to attack us and he also joined the battle, punishing us with fireballs from above. At this point the session ended and our DM would be away for almost a whole month. We had to wait for some excruciating four weeks for the events to unfold. The now Deva also transformed himself. His feathers darkened and he was weeping blood. His face streaked with bloody tears and he shouted, FORGIVE ME! PLEASE FORGIVE ME! Each time he hit us with a massive gold club for 60 plus damage, each time while Strahd unleashed hell from above. Everyone was furious with this betrayal, yet the druid spent some turns to investigate and try to dispel any magic links between Strahd and the Deva that could be compelling him against his will. There was such a link and the druid dispelled it, but even so the deva kept on attacking us, weeping and crying. Something was not right. At some point Strahd got bored after beating us to a pulp and left us to die, and the abbot called two flesh golems that were failed experiments of his. We were almost to the point of a total party kill. Being depleted of useful slots, the druid used his dragon breath against one of the golems, but this time he choked on his own cold energy, which was odd. Sensing something strange, he tried to use his breath a second time to spit out the energy that was stuck in his chest. There was an excruciating pain in his neck at this very moment. His head turned almost 180 degrees involuntarily when he let out the breath, hitting four allies with the breath. Moreover, the breath came out twice as intense and in golden color, healing 25 hit points for every ally and dealing 25 damage for every enemy. Uh, this is not in the player's handbook, so… The Deva was shocked and amazed. Why is Ilmater here? This is how Pakaron heard for the first time the name of the god who answered his rant and just operated a miracle when the whole group was on the brink of death. The Deva could clearly see a reflection of the god behind the druid when this bizarre miracle occurred. The Deva's free hand started to glow in a golden light and he was somehow struggling with something, talking to himself like a madman would when he ripped his chest open with his own hands, and out of it came a bizarre worm that was the root of his curse, the reason why he was compelled to obey Strahd. He had it implanted in a moment of weakness when he started to doubt his own faith. After thousands of years in the Domains of Dread, trying without success to bring forth the light and goodness of the sun to the heart of darkness, he lost his faith and his sanity, pursuing futile experiments and avoiding confrontation with evil. That was when he was tricked and dominated, so in secret he had to obey the Vampire Lord. The deva wept and grieved how low he had fallen and wishing to restore him, Pacaron laid his hands and restored his original alignment with the ceremony spell. The Deva slash abbot was grateful but said he could not stay any longer because he was severely weakened and would surely be corrupted again should he choose to linger. He asked our forgiveness, which we gave. He gave us honest counsel on a series of matters and loose ends we still have but said even his superiors in Celestia would have very little to do for Yerbil. Without a soul, there is not much that can be done at all. The druid then presented him the orb with the 600 trapped souls that were bound to the upper plains. To release them in Barovia would be madness, as nobody could escape it, whether alive or dead. Most probably the Yagnoloth wanted to mislead us into releasing the souls where he could trap them again, so we avoided the trap and fulfilled our friend's last wish, honoring her sacrifice. The abbot took the orb with great care, almost caressing it, then proceeded to gently put his two flesh golems to sleep, asking once more for forgiveness because of the bizarre experiments he did on people while he was mad. He thanked us and was visibly moved when Yug said she would pray for his recovery. He began to undo himself and vanished in a flash of light, leaving only golden dust behind. For a moment, there was sunlight pouring through the abbey's windows, in a world where heavy clouds obscure all sunlight for eternity. In the end, we could not help Yerbal, but through her selfless act of courage, 600 souls of heroes, martyrs, and saints found their way to paradise. The druid-slash-cleric found his anonymous god by enacting the first miracle in Barovia in more than 2000 years which in turn enabled a fallen Deva to overcome his own sense of hopelessness and restore his divine essence. The 601 restored souls ended up in the paradise that was meant for them. That was not the happy ending we wished for her, but in the end, her sacrifice was made even more meaningful. Yerbil would surely be proud if she could see it.